Hello, everybody, and welcome to Retro Rewind. That's not so retro. We haven't figured out a name for this. Anyway, Craig, play the music. We're talking about Bastion. We haven't quite figured out a name to call this yet, but this is part two of our kind of developer spotlight, which I guess we could have just called it developer spotlight. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's too late now. One of the files has been uploaded. It's, it's just got to be the way it is. Okay, uh, well, last time we took a look at the Behemoth's first game, Alien Hominid, and this time we're taking a look at Supergiant Massive Happy Games. Supergiant, Supermassive, which one is it, Craig? It is super giant. All right, it is super giant. We're looking at Bastion. Uh, Craig, why don't you kick out the stats really quick, and then we'll crack right into this. Yeah, sure thing. So Bastion was developed by Super Giant Games. Jeez, I nearly got it wrong <laughs> there again. Um, lots of people made it, which is quite nice. It was released on Windows. It's been on Mac, Linux, the 360, Xbox One. It's been on iOS, which is a great port, by the way. PlayStation 4 Vita and Switch and it was released in July 2011 originally and then just throughout the years the iOS release was 2012 the Switch release was 2018 obviously later on um, it's an ARPG and it's a single player game in which you play a delightful young chap with a lovely man narrating it lovely man it's a lovely 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 man um Special, I suppose, if we're doing a developer spotlight, I don't want to name all the names, but the music is composed by Darren Corb because it is, in fact, a pretty special soundtrack. Yes, sir. Um, whereas I think this soundtrack is completely overrated, and you need to wake up sheeple. Um, uh, yeah. So, so going into this whole like thing, right? Like uh, Bastion is the big one from these guys for me. Oddly enough, like, um, do you remember when it released on XBLA and it was like Summer of Indies? I think it was. It was like this and Braid and oh, Super Meat yeah, Boy. Yeah, yeah, yep. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. The only one I picked up for sure was Bastion because uh, Braid looked really artsy fartsy and not fun. And then it turned out yeah. that Braid was very artsy fartsy and not fun. And then I saw a video of Phil Fish and went, well, that's why that game is not fun. Uh, and then didn't, didn't play Fez. But uh, for Bastion, um, it's weird to look at this as an indie game because I don't know if it is actually an indie game in the same way like, you know, Darkest Dungeon is indie and Meat Boy is indie. Because yeah. this was published I, by WB, I, right? Yeah, but I, I think it is indie. There's a few, we can talk about it later or now or whenever, but there's a great, if you want to watch it and you're interested, a no-clip um Super Giant series, and they go through the making of Bastion, the making of Transistor, Pyre, uh, and I think they've got a Hades episode as well. And you know, the no clip episodes are fantastically detailed and they speak to everyone. And it, the development of it felt like an indie game, like, you know, they're driving about in a beat up car trying to think of what to do and all, that, all of this, and pieces of the puzzle just falling into place randomly and sporadically. Sporadic creativity. There was never a, a machine. Okay, so it was. It wasn't anything. done with cubicles and and workstations. And, yeah, because exactly, it, it was complete 
passion and drive that got a few of these guys through it, and it it's, it shows. Because if that's the case, as you're saying, it's, it is the case. That, that does up my estimation quite a bit, because this looks mm. like something that would come out of a triple A developer. I mean, there's some weird stuff you can see every once in a while, but like uh, when 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 the kid does certain animations, you're like, oh, that that's a little rough. Like when he picks mm-hmm. himself up off the ground after you thunk onto the floor, you're like, yeah. that's a little rough. But for the most part, there's not really any like rough edges, and it's not done cheap. Like not 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 yeah. to knock things like Super Meat Boy because we both love it, but Super Meat Boy looks cheap. Mm-hmm. Darkest Dungeon, you can see where okay, you know they must not have had the budget. This is what they did instead, and it works. Yeah. But it still looks like a, a fairly cheap game. Yeah, this looks like no compromises were made. I guess would be the best way to put it. No, it really does, and it's. I think it's like six or seven people in total made it across to uh, what are the states? Like someone, some folk in New York and some folk in California. We some call them provinces. Eight? Uh, maybe prefectures. Yeah. <laughs> um, and just looking, I'm looking through to kind of get some more things to this effect. It was nominated for awards at the 2011 Independent Games Festival. Wow, that, that really so makes me feel old, Craig. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a big, a big long time so ago. what is your actual history with the game? Because this game is sort of important to me in a weird way. Mm-hmm. Um, it's... And now I'm curious as to why it's important to you, but for me, it just, it's the kind of game that if someone described to me what kind of game it was where you ran about in an isometric view and hit things and tried to get combos and juggle enemies and, you know, switch weapons and you've got, it's the kind of game where I, I probably would say, ah, oh, that doesn't sound like it's for me. So when I tried it and ended up absolutely fallen in love with it it became this kind of weird it's it's the entire it's one of these ones i know i would go all fluffy and not not artsy fartsy but i go a wee bit mental about these things but it was the whole package and experience of it it was the music the voiceover the the art style of it just got me and that's why i kind of kept with it and not to even mention the story which on the face of it, sounds pretty simple, but it actually has some impact and some punch to it. It does still have punch. Even if you know it's coming, it yeah. still has punch. Yeah, so I think I played through it. I just absolutely fell in love with it. And from that point, it became a, I will absolutely jump on whatever Supergiant punt out next. And that has been the case for two of the three games they've released since then because I haven't had a system that you know I could play Hades on. Well, plus we were we've been talking about doing this for geez, probably what yeah. a year? A year. It's so it's, it's been a long time coming to the point where we're now gonna go through the rest of them and it's gonna be a absolute delight. Yeah, because like that's the reason I didn't play Pit People from the Behemoth because because I was like, oh I'm gonna yeah. suggest this and then yeah, no whoop, no, just never got around to it. Um Mm-hmm. Did you play it close to launch? Um, to be honest, I can't remember. It wouldn't have been at launch, but it would have been soon after on the 360. Yeah, that's why I played it first launch, too. Was, it was 360. Yeah. I, I want to say I picked it up in that sale, and I don't know if that sale was when it first released or not. I, I don't remember. It's all very nebulous. It's like, oh, yeah, there mm-hmm. was before Bastion and then after Bastion. Yeah. Um, 
So uh, when I first played this, it was it was in 2011 because I don't think I waited a year. No. And by that point, let me do some quick math. I'd been playing games for about 20 years. But Bastion was really the first game that I played that after it was done, it was a, oh, wait, that was about something. Because, like, before that, you know, I played a lot of JRPGs and 90% of them are friendship is great. And it's like, that's a good theme. Uh-huh. Or their love story. Or, you know, I'll play a murder mystery game or I'll play some. But none, none of them have, none of them that I've played before this were an analogy for something. Whereas this is very clearly an analogy for something. And so after this, it was a, oh, oh, this, I need to play more games like this. And then I didn't. I played Super Meat Boy. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, this was like kind of, Bastion was the first game that kind of awakened that, oh, games can be about something without being stupid. Yeah. Like, I mean, you play something like Baldur's Gate, and the story is obviously about something, but it's about something you can't relate to. It's about, look what it's like to become a god. It's like, I'll, I'll never, mm-hmm. yeah, whatever. But this this is about something very relatable. Um, also, for, yeah. for you. It's actually. Oh, go ahead. Mm-hmm. I was, no, on you go. I was going to say it's kind of too bad nobody could say Craig. It's kind of like Diablo because you would have said, "What's Diablo?" <laughs> oh, poor Diablo, poor poor Diablo. So late to the game there, and it's a shame because I love that game. <laughs> um, I was going to say, right, as of late, the games we've spoken about, the games that have elicited this feeling, very much the biggest one that I can think of recently was that um, Sayonara Wild Hearts, and it's one of those. You know, it has a story, it has a thing. If it hits with you, you you just fall into it and you're in love with it. If it doesn't and it misses, it loses a lot of that. Oh, now see, a bit of that. I kind of disagree with you on this, yeah. right? Because like, um, okay, uh, we have to end the podcast because we disagreed for once. Um, oh, yeah, right, okay. Um, <laughs> bye, see you, see you next week. Um, so Bastion is, is, is not about something specific. Cyanor Wild Hearts is very much a specific story it's telling. It's it's about this yeah. one lady that's an analogy for what somebody in, maybe in the middle of their life might go through, right? Of like, oh, mm-hmm. maybe I'm not like this. I'm going to try to change. It, it, it's a very specific mm, analogy. Whereas Bastion, I mean, not to cut right to the meat of it, but Bastion could be about a bad breakup. Bastion could be about, yeah. uh, you know, just a really bad time you had in your life that you have trouble moving on from. Bastion could be about a shitty job that you've left. You, there's so much that it kind of molds into. Yeah. I, get, I totally get you, and I think I agree with you. When you frame it like that, you are right. It's, it, is more, it is more than just a specific thing. So I... Rescind previous comments, and I'll just resign right All now. All right. Uh, should I hand you a pink slip? We don't really do that here. Do you guys still do that over there? What's a pink slip? I don't know. I hear it all the time Is in British not... shows about how somebody will be made redundant no. and get a pink slip. I don't no, know. No. You're, you're, you're mistaken. In British shows, if you're made redundant, you get a P45. That's what you get. In that America, sounds like a gun. A P45. It does um, almost sound like a gun, but that's because you're American. <laughs> a pink slip Touché. is the oldie. <laughs> a pink slip is an oldie Americana grease times pink slip for your car. It's oh, your, it's your, that's your, right. Your documentation to say that you own the car. So we're going to race for our pink slips. Well, cr- whoever wins. Uh, yes, to title your car. So um, 
Mm-hmm. Well, you're you're now American, and I'm left in the ether <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> All right, so Bastion. First, let's talk about the game because the game I think is the weakest mm-hmm. part of this thing. And that's not to say it's bad at all, but like Craig said in the beginning, uh, it's very much an ARPG with um, not loads of enemies. Like if you play other ARPGs, you're getting like hordes of enemies, aren't you? There's really the sadly named peckers that that swarm mm-hmm. you in this. Nothing else really swarms. It's very much uh, like like molded combat encounters of like, oh, here's a pin cushion and here's a lunkhead. All right, deal with them both at once. It doesn't feel Diablo ish yeah you're never you're never at any point rushed by a mass of enemies it's more just you're presented with a situation and you know to go for that guy then that guy then that guy because that's the you don't know that at the start by the end you know who to go for first because you know who's going to cause you the most grief um and you know to just try to knock the lunkheads right off because they are a pain straight in the ass but but you're right yeah you're right the game out of all of it is probably the weakest yeah, um, well, uh, so you're given a variety of weapons uh, to choose from. They, they, they dole these out over mm-hmm. time with the uh, – the mortar's not the last. It's the Calamity Cannon that's the last, right? The Calamity Cannon, yeah. Okay, so yeah, – That's definitely last. Your bazooka and your mortar are the last two that you get. But uh, you get pretty much all of your melee stuff and your range stuff really quickly. Like it's this level you get this and this level you get the spear. You know, it, it's – a nice curve. Question is, Craig, what did you run with? I cannot not, and I have played this game at the best part of maybe pushing 10 times so far now, Oof. and I cannot do a run where I don't have the war machete. Really? <laughs> like I yeah, I, I love the war machete, and I'll go with something like the war machete and either the breaker's bow or the army carbine. Something with slow range and punch and then I'll just run about the place slicing everything. It feels like Monster Hunter to me where I've got my dual knives. I'll just go and slice everything. Wow, Craig, we couldn't be more different. Uh, This is only the second time that I've played through it and we'll talk about why later on because, Mm -hmm. you know, the end of the game. But um, uh, the first time I went through it, it's like as soon as I got the dual pistols, I'm like, well, (laughs) well, yeah, okay. So I, I yeah. and this time I went through and used nothing but ranged. I did not use a single melee weapon. Unless, you know, wow. you're forced to in the beginning of the game by the hammer. So uh first it was the fang repeater and that was it. I went fang repeater mm-hmm. and I went bow and then I and I don't really like the bow. So I dumped the bow and got yeah. the um the uh the repeaters. So then I dropped the fang okay, yep. repeater and I'm like, Okay, I got the six guns. That's great. And then I got the blunderbuss and I had it timed perfectly to where if you can hammer through all of your shots on the revolvers, you have just enough time to switch to your blunderbuss, fire a shot, and then your revolvers are reloaded. So it was nonstop okay. shooting, and it worked out pretty good. I mean, it does. There's there's many combinations to these. So you've got you do have a lot of ranged options. You've got a lot of melee options. You've got things in between, like the pike. Where you've yeah. got a bit of range to it, but you're very much it's 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 a terrible like to me it's a terrible weapon. I hate absolutely something that's <laughs> not an extreme like knives up up and close. Great, or the carbine a really far distance shot. I couldn't get on with things like the pike. The fang repeater does my head in. It just feels like you're firing um, fluffy darts at them. It it's just, not very it's strong just unless you upgrade it. Yeah, 
Yeah, it's it's not, and I, I really don't like things like later on when you get the flamethrower or the, oh, yeah, the mortar or anything. The bellows, yeah, I don't like the bellows. The mm-hmm. mortar, the mortar I do like. It's just a lot of times you don't really have a perfect spot to use it. Uh, yeah, I didn't. I didn't get along with like the the bellows either because it mm-hmm. seems like it does piddly damage, and you just end up taking forever to kill everything. Yeah, yeah, and and that's the weird thing, right? Because this isn't a game where that matters. You're not trying to min max at all. <laughs> but I, I think I think um, on the, on just the human front. You want to get through this stuff as quick as possible because you want to get to the next story bit. That is exactly where it is for me. It feels like when the walls go up and you're in an arena, a mini arena, and you have to attack enemies, you're like, and it's not, it's not in a bad way. It's not like, a, oh, I'm a god, I hate this. But you're more like, oh, right, let's get this over with so that we can get moving again. Yeah. And it just feels like that. And towards the end, it starts feeling like that a wee bit more because the the story is that driven, and you you start thinking where is this going? The the combat encounters become a bit of an not an annoyance. I'm, I'm really trying hard to not say anything too negative no, because they're enjoyable, but it's you just want to progress. <laughs> no, like like once you start running into the aura. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, come on, let's just, mm, just, can uh-huh. I one hit kill people? Let's go, come on. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I, um, and it's weird too because once you finish a level and you get back to the base, I'm okay taking all the time in the world. Oh, God. Because, yeah. you know, you're, you're, you're within the story there. And especially, uh, like, did you do the when you sleep in the bed and yes, then you yeah, take yeah. the hit off the pipe and then the eating? Yeah. Okay, yeah, I made sure I did all those again because even then, I mean, you're you're finishing these combat waves. They're uh, optional places where you can like think battle arenas, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not explaining it to you. I'm exp- explaining it to the listener. And I, well, um, I was just agreeing with you. If, I, oh, okay, I okay. I, I thought you did it. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, guys, I know you now. Um, <laughs> and so while you're fighting, you're getting this story, and that fighting doesn't feel like an interruption because you're still getting the story. Whereas yeah. everywhere else. You're like, let's go. Uh-huh. And I mean, unlike the narrator in Darkest Dungeon, I noticed this, right? Because I wanted to con- contrast the two because uh-huh. I love both of these men and I wish I could implant their voice into mine. Yeah. Um, where the Darkest Dungeon guy gets repetitive, they did a very smart move of like only using incidental little chirps once or twice i mean granted mm-hmm. if you probably stuck around like you know you'll hear like ah, oh, yeah the, the kid took out his frustrations on that popcorn cart or whatever uh-huh. but even no matter how many popcorn carts you destroy you'll only hear it maybe one other time yeah like you it seems like they have a limit on it they, they really do have a limit and it's it, it's funny when it happens and then when it doesn't happen again you think okay that's that's absolutely fine it would have got like every time you rolled off the stage. If you said "kid just rolled off the stage," you'd be like, <laughs> "Oh my god, would you shut up?" Just to just to give him a mention, it's Logan Cunningham who is the man. Oh yes, very very good voice. I believe got popular enough to even be an announcer in Dota. Yes, exactly. So uh, yeah, props to him. Good good for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was born with a golden set of pipes. It, it really was. Um, <laughs> 
Now, let's talk about the story a little bit, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, so there's a few things I have questions on that I don't know if you can answer or not, or if they're just supposed to be ambiguous. Okay. All right. So uh, just to let's cue you guys in, so you first meet a man named Rux, and you don't even know his name at first because they, your character and him don't care enough to tell each other their names. You don't learn his name until later on. He's just like, yeah, fix the Bastion. It's over there. Go, kid. Uh, that's why I, you never learn your name. You're always just the kid. But as, as the story progresses, you meet Zia. Is yep. her name, I believe? Mm -hmm. All right. And then you meet Zolf. Zulf. Zulf. Okay. Yeah. Uh, who are two different races from you. Uh, yep. They are the Ura, whereas you are Salandians. Now, in the process of the story, Salandia exploded with something known as the Calamity. That's, that's all you know. Uh, and that's all I'm going to really explain because that's all you should need if you want to go play the game. But my question to you, Craig. Mm -hmm. All right. So in the story, Zia's father is the one that makes what triggers the Calamity, correct? Yes, that is correct. Okay. So why does Rux seem to take a lot of the blame for it? I think it's because, he, and this is just, this is my take on it, but I think mm -hmm. it's because he knew what he knew what the calamity was. He's like a, like a constant entity in this. And that's, that's my genuine only take on it is that when the cycle repeats or anything, Rux is the one that's always there. He's like the old wise man that's like, oh, the calamities, this, that, or the other. Um, okay, because he makes a couple comments of like maybe he should have told him, you know, told Zolf what mm -hmm. he did, but from the story, it doesn't sound like he did anything because it was all Zia's father. So yeah, a little confused there. I think, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know for sure. This is this is not me bashing it at all. Like they should have explained. No, no, don't explain. No, no, don't. No, no. don't. Um, the, a lot of this story works simply because you have so little detail to go on. And I don't think I've read online, right? Like I, I read a couple uh, theories. Um, mm -hmm. I try to stay away from game FAQs because they're all batshit over there. Yeah. But um, like a I lot of people thought. Rux always remembers. I'm like, no, no, he makes a reference that he doesn't, you know, at the end. Yeah. He's like, I won't remember who you are. So I think maybe then it's because, right, so Zia's father made the calamity, which was to wipe out the Ura, but it was sabotaged so that it was going to kill the Salandians or, mm -hmm. or at least blow up, you know, like against, it was going to act against them. And Rux maybe knew Maybe it's that bit that he knew that it was what he knew exactly what was going to happen, and he should have done something Maybe. about it. Yeah, because he shoulders a lot of guilt for something that I didn't yeah. quite know what it was for. I think it might be it might be a bad decision. Like he knew more than what he did. He knew what it was, but didn't act on it or something. And this he was repenting now. He was trying to fix his own mistake. That might be it. That might be, especially when you know towards the end of the game where he starts to become more and more honest with you it might be mm -hmm. um you know we probably should say the one thing that this game is famous for craig up front before mm -hmm. we were a half hour into the episode <laughs> <laughs> so so bastion is is generally famous for 
having a narrator that uh, narrates things in real time. Not not so much like Darkest Dungeon, but close. Like Darkest Dungeon is very reactionary. This is very much in the moment while you're doing things. He'll be narrating what you're doing. Yeah. Um, even down to like minuscule stuff of there's a part where you have to get on a barge. I forget the name of the barge, but it's a good name for a barge. Oh, I can't and, remember now. Yeah, it's like Old Ironside or Fat Betty or, or mm-hmm. something like that. <laughs> and, uh, you, you, you know, uh, you get hit with Peckers, which, again, mm. I don't like that name. No. Um, you get hit with these birds, and there's some monsters that hop on and try to stop you from, you know, getting to the end of the barge. If you manage to get it, it it will mention how you managed to do this tough trial without even getting a scratch. Whereas if you get through it, he'll talk about how you got beat up, but you made it to the end. You know, things like that. And then during a lot of quiet times, not so much during combat, uh, he'll be giving the story as you're, you know, checking for loot or you're you're going through an empty corridor. He'll be continuing on the story. Uh, now, there's the thing. Um, Craig, would you get tired of this if it wasn't just Bastion and, like, Darkest Dungeon that did it? Well, I've, n- I've never really experienced it in Darkest Dungeon. I think... What makes it special is that not many games do it. Not many, not many games have done it. And I don't think it would fit a lot of games. I think it fits this idea of this game meaning something because it contextualizes everything. I, I, I just... I think it it's not so much that I would get fed up of it. I think it would just... Like, imagine playing Hitman and you get a voice that goes, Hitman just picked up a plant pot. <laughs> Beat that lady over the head. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You maybe uh, made a mistake there. You know, I'm not going to lie. I'd pay for that TLC. <laughs> it's because in most things, it's... In fact, I was going to say in most things, it would just be stating the obvious. And this is stating the obvious. But it well, it's just, stating the obvious while also giving you background of where you're... Because yeah. I believe the concept is he's telling this to Zia while you're gone. Mm-hmm. So I just... I think... I think it's not so much that I'd get fed up of it. I just think it wouldn't work. And I think most developers that would attempt something like that would realize quickly, this just doesn't fit what we're trying to do. Well, I guess that's kind of what I was leaning towards was, why hasn't this been stolen more? I I just don't, I don't think it would work. Like it it wouldn't work in a story, it wouldn't work in a story driven first person. No, you're right. uh, Okay, let's put it this way. Why didn't more indie devs take this? Because indie devs will steal anything because they're indie devs. Like, I'm very curious why this made a giant splash. Mm -hmm. But then everybody, we didn't forget about it because you say Bastion and at least one person's going to smile and go, yeah. Right? But it didn't seem to have a huge lasting effect, whereas other indie games did. And I don't know if that's because they followed it up with Transistor, but Transistor mm. didn't have that impact that Bastion did. It <laughs> like again, like 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 uh, I'm trying to think, right? Like like when Braid came out, bam, you mm-hmm. had a bunch of artsy fartsy platformers that had a yeah. trick, right? Then Super Meat Boy came out, and you had a bunch of well, let's do a really hard platformer. It's still going on today. I mean, yeah. like Celeste is think, uh, pretty. I think, uh, Super Meat Boy. I, 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 Celeste is fantastic. Let's not not 
Okay, no, no, yeah, I'm just saying, like, like you, I don't think you'd have Celeste without Meat Boy. But I think it's because Meat Boy does frantic, quick platforming, and it's quite a niche inside that genre. What we've got with Bastion is a reasonably generic ARPG that's lavished with everything else. It's the other stuff that makes it special. So if someone else is making another game, it, they can't... It, there's no template here to, to follow because it's... That's a good point. It's an average... No, I'm not going to say it's an average game. It's No, a, it is. It is. To be, if you took out the story and the mm-hmm. narration, it would be very average. Exactly. Just the gameplay. Whereas the trick with Super Meat Boy is we just make quick, tricky platforming. And yeah, we, they made we it, paint I want to be the guy. Yeah, so it's it's flipped. It's not reskinning a thing, because hmm. you, to reskin an ARPG, it wouldn't be Bastion. It'd be something else. So you can't take the Bastion mold and then apply it to a different genre, or a, you know what I mean. It's kind of backwards. No, that's a good point. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. All right, so Craig, yes, should we talk? Oh, since we're already half hour in. Ooh. Mm. Uh, oh, jeez. Well, should we talk about the story itself? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's about... Should we... We've talked about weapons. We've talked about general isometric gameplay and hitting things and arenas and... Yeah, yeah. I think the only talk two things we've got to talk about are the Bastion itself, as in leveling yeah. up in the buildings, and the actual story. So, yeah, why not? Okay, well, let, let, let's hit the Bastion when living. Okay, so when you uh, get back from missions, you generally come back with a core. That's why you're going to all these places. And once you put the core into the Bastion, it powers it up a little, and you can have shops. Later on, you get shards, which basically, like, level two to these stores. You do have a choice in the order you go, but you're always going to have the same. Um... These range from everything from your armory, where you can change your weapons and your special move, to uh, the shrine. Mm-hmm. Uh, Craig, did you did you mess around with the shrine at all? Uh, I uh, I started looking at trophies for it, and then I just couldn't be bothered. But the, the shrine is essentially where you can go and activate certain... Difficulty um, modifiers. Yes, thank you, Dave. Difficulty modifiers. Uh, <laughs> so you can half your health. You can make enemies stronger. You can do X, Y, Z. Blah, blah. You can do whatever you want. And you can activate as many of these as you want. So you can go and put all 10 on and then run through a level and be an island. And die. And, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. And die a miserable death. I am. Um, well, first off, let me, let me just uh, make a quick statement. I'm sorry if you can hear my cat meowing really once in the room but then i don't want her meowing right next to the microphone so if you hear me out in the background i'm not stepping on her she i'm just taking, once in the room i'm taking this time for you to apologize about a cat to eat some crisps all right that was let me just apologize for craig eating crisps turns out he has terrible <laughs> taste and likes eating beef flavored things which is very foreign to me beef but, crisps uh, are amazing, yeah. but tonight it's bacon bacon frazzles ah oh, craig Okay. Uh, what I, is wrong I, with you? Why can you because, not like meat flavor? Because crisps? you can't take a potato and flavor it like a meat. That's wrong. You, 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 it's a you staple take, of the country. No, 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 no. No, no, you take a potato and you flavor it with seasonings. So your like cheeses, beef, beef, your chives, beef, beef, your sour cream. 
You're beef. not like, ooh, I have a potato. Let me put some beef squeezins on it. That's that gross. Was, okay, right. To be fair, <laughs> you made that sound disgusting. <laughs> Nobody's taking, you know, a potato and like, I'm going to drizzle some chicken on here. Just nice. And, no, no, nobody does that. And again, I, uh, bacon. If you had bacon. Now, a bacon wrapped baked potato... I don't know. That might work okay. So I, the jury's just, out on that. Let's we'll talk about bash and we can argue about crisps while we play everybody's golf. Okay, alright, okay. Oh, I thought we were leaving that in because in case people wanted to know our political stances on potatoes. Oh, we will I'll totally leave the entire lot of that okay. in because it's great. <laughs> it's like, okay. Alright. Alright, so uh yeah, the shrines I, I did fool around with this time, right? And I got to like six. Mm-hmm. And I beat um, the mines with like six of them on. Oh, wow, and okay. it just got to be a pain in the butt. It's like, oh, this one's reflecting damn hit. Oh, that mm-hmm. one left in a little explodey bomb. It, it ended up not being fun. It was very masochistic. No. And I'm I'm okay with that. But I, I think along with the time attack that they added, or not, not time attack, sorry, score system. Score attack, yeah. Very, very against what feels like the spirit of the game. Yeah, I think that um, my biggest problem with this last playthrough was I started, I'd, I've never done score attack before, I started it on score attack, and it was just a bit like, I'm not enjoying this so much now, so I'm going to stop. And that, no, that's yeah. honestly what I got to with it. I think the problem we've got here is the modifiers modify the gameplay, which we've acknowledged is the on the weaker side of the entire package. Yeah, yeah, you know what? That like, like uh, every time you end up fighting certain enemies, they're not bad. It's mm. just ah, oh, it's just one of these. Like the flowers yeah. that open, and you have to wait for it to shoot unless you have the mortar yeah. or the blunderbutt. You know, it's like ah, right. nah, nah, nah. yeah. And this it, is you're probably right. This is why I'm excited for you to play Transistor because the gameplay and the combat in Transistor is spectacularly good and the modifiers actually make a difference and okay. they, they add challenge in something that is already a trick it it feels more like a puzzle battle because you're trying to plan moves based on a counter so you can hit for four points and then retreat for two points and then do something else for six points or you can have a massive attack that uses ten of your, your time points and Transistor just I don't want to give away too much about how I feel about Transistor, but I, I just... We all know how you feel about Transistor. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. Uh, so I think that Transistor is where the modifiers... Act, it's the same system. You've got, you know, like... It's obviously a different skin, but you can modify it in 10 different ways and so on and so forth. It's just... It's I, I did I did start it up, and mm-hmm. I met your companion, uh-huh. uh, who doesn't have as good a voice. Not gonna lie. Mm-hmm. That voice is not the same. So we'll see. Yeah, I haven't. I haven't. Pl- As of time of recording, I still haven't played Transistor yet. Uh, and same goes for the rest of this uh, Pyre Hades. I haven't touched any of them, and mm. I honestly have no good reason why, other than oh, it just never got around. Do you to know? It. Do you know who voices the Transistor itself? No. Logan Cunningham. Oh, is it the same guy? Yeah, it's the same guy. Ah, oh, well, I if I if I ever manage to be naked in a bathroom stall with him, Logan Cunningham, I'm going to insist he uses fashion voice. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, so let's talk about the story. So uh-huh. uh, I'm not going to give away the whole story here because I think it's important. So if you're interested in playing this or it's just something you never got around to, uh, maybe cut it here and go play the game because mm-hmm. it is worth the, oh, kind of moment you get. Yeah. So for those of us in the know, well, you know what happens. So once you get to the end, you're presented with two choices, really, that branch. Yeah. Uh, one is how you deal with Zolf. Which everybody does it, right? Like everybody picks them up. Everybody picks them up because nobody, and including you, as oh yeah, no, I couldn't enough. do it. I could, I couldn't do that. That's that, just heartless. Yeah. So the 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 thing is, the the build up to this is you're you're fighting the Ura at this point, and this is Zulf's people, and you're fighting the Ura, and they obviously there's obviously the civil war type vibe to it. But at the end, Zulf is stricken, he's on the ground, and at some point you have this option to ditch him, make your escape on um, Fat Bessie or whatever you said the the, the boat was called. <laughs> um, so you, you have the option to do it, but you can pick him up and take him with you. And it's such a, it's such a big moment because you pick him up and all these people that were your enemies that you have been slaughtering, to be honest, get to get there. Oh. Stand and watch you carry him off. Oh, well, well, hold on. I think you're, you're selling it a small bit short because remember, first of all, that you get the the giant weapon of this game, the big oh, the battering pillar, ram, which is terrible. That's the worst weapon in the game. Yeah, I think it's one of those ones where you wanted a nuke gun like Fallout or something. <laughs> like They're like, I don't know, a big stick. Yeah, that works. Yeah, um, that, uh, so when you pick up Zolf you no longer have weapons. And mm-hmm. at, at first, all of the aura are still shooting at you. Yeah. So you see yourself taking damage. And I stuck around, and I was like, but they won't actually kill you, right? And it looks like they don't. Like, I mean, I didn't mm-hmm. stand there for too long, but enough to where damage numbers stopped popping up. So it's like, okay, okay. Because that would be a dick move, right? Like, if you oh, got yeah, there with half yeah. health and you had to try to get to the end. Um, but yes, uh, eventually the aura stops shooting at you, except for that one dickhead. <laughs> that one dickhead. And he gets he gets clocked upside the back of the head, so it's all good. Um, and then you get to the end and you go back to the Bastion with Zolf. Uh, this, this scene, I'm not going to say it's like incredibly affecting, but it really makes you sit up and take notice of like, oh, this is, this is a really cool scene. Um... Because so far, everything and everyone has always tried to kill you as soon as you plunk down into the zone. So, then, yeah, this this was really cool. And Craig, why don't you explain what happens when you get back to the Bastion? See, I kind of, just, just to tag on to the end of that, I kind of thought it was, like, it really got me. It got me in quite a, a deep, a deep way. Oh, did because, it? Yeah, it did. I just thought, oh my god, this is actually... It was the turning point of everything for me where I just thought, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> um, shit, what happens when you get back to the Bastion when you get back to Bastion? Okay. What happens when you get back to the Bastion? <laughs> uh, everybody throws a party and there's bouncy castles. And uh, no, so, so when you get back, uh, Zolf, of course, is okay, even though he got shot at like 42,000 times. Uh-huh. Um, and you're presented with this choice. You know, after the f- oh, the four right. of them, yeah, sorry. the four of them are all uh, talking to each other and you know happy to see each other. And in these nice little painted mm-hmm. scenes, I, I really like the art 
that they show up. Yeah. There's no moving cutscenes or anything. It's just pictures. And uh, they're really well done. I like them. But yeah, go ahead, Craig. Um, yeah, so the, the choice you're presented with is essentially you've been building up to this moment. You have powered up the Bastion. The Bastion is... Um, it's a bastion against the calamity. I suppose it's it's the final line of defense. The bastion has been built entirely to do one of two things. You can either reset, essentially the timeline. You reset and go back to the beginning, and it's hinted at throughout the entire story that this is a repeating cycle. You're going round and round and round in a loop to try and stop the calamity or to, to try and effect change that you can't do. Yeah, it's, it's very much or, hinted with the, well, we could, if we haven't already, uh, we don't know. Like, it's very yeah. much given to you as a, this is not, you know, a sure bet. We may have done this 20 it, times before. We don't know. Yeah. Um, and the other choice you have, which, again, I think... When we spoke to Mike about this, Mike was like, oh, yeah, just... And they're like, Mike, you totally did not get this, did you? <laughs> no, no, poor Mike um, didn't quite get it. But the other choice is to not reset the cycle. The other choice is to abandon ship, go, screw you guys, I'm going home, and take the bastion like a big cruise ship and sail off. And I think both interesting choices, and it's not about being a dick or not being a dick. It's not about understanding the story or not understanding the story. Um, <laughs> it totally is about understanding like the story, but okay, it totally, it totally is. But there's there's a certain element of some people of certain dispositions would naturally err towards the side of the right choice is to abandon. We're cutting the cycle. We're abandoning ship. This is silly. Some people might naturally feel that. And it might be their gut response. And some people's gut response might be, this is crazy. We can't just stop. We need to stop the calamity. We need to go back and do this again. So I think it's more aligned to the type of person you are, not... Yeah, I I, th- I think there are... There are if, if you're taking the story in all seriousness and paying attention to the story, I think there are two different psychological profiles... Uh-huh. And each one always picks one. There are those that like Neil Diamond and those that don't. <laughs> um, a couple of things I want to I want to say while we're here. Uh, number one, uh-huh. I think it's very very smart for this to be the first time Zia talks to you. Yeah. Well, you, uh, well, maybe you're listening to this and you haven't beat it, or maybe you beat it and this is redundant. But just in case, um. Anytime you've talked to Zia before, it's always been Ruck saying, and then he told the kid, blah, and then she said, blah. You know, this is the first time you actually hear her voice, which you can tell. I don't know if that's a professional voice actress. It does not sound professional. It sounds very like, hey, here's just a lady's voice. It doesn't sound like it was very well acted, but I think that was the point. It sounds very real. So, she's on the side of, let's go, let's get out. And Rux is standing next to, let's try it again. And I don't know if that's just something they did for the gameplay, right? Or if there's there's a point for Rux being there and Zia being there. I don't know. I'm not entirely certain. 
This is the story of Dark Souls, Craig. Is it? Mm-hmm. The exact same thing. And at the end, you're presented with the exact same choice. I mean, not let's fly this away. Um, I don't know. I was just going to say this. This is, this is, this is uh, interesting. Yeah, it, it's very much the do we continue on with what we know or do we burn it and start again? But yeah, it's the story of every Souls game. And yes, Souls came out first. Yes! Another win for <laughs> Dark Souls. Anyway, yeah. Uh, so how far, When did Dark Souls come out? Well, it's also the story of Demon Souls, but Demon Souls came out in 2009. Okay, and it was a two-year development. Hmm, I wonder. I mean, it's not like it's an original story for Dark Souls. It's just, yeah, I mean, oh, that's interesting, because every one of those games has that as their theme. Like, is this worth saving, or should we just burn it and try again? Kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So uh, what did you choose, Craig? Oh, absolutely restart the cycle. Like, restart the cycle, restart the cycle. Recently, very recently, I don't know if you'll remember, but I was a dick as Connor in Detroit Become Human for trophies. Mm, yes. And that near broke me to the point where I still feel a slight amount of guilt at Hank shooting himself. <laughs> and Mr. Krabs. Getting, getting to the end of Bastion and choosing what you fundamentally disagree with as a bad choice for a trophy doesn't sit with me. You know? No, <laughs> just, yeah, yeah. I'm just like, it's like the score attack thing. It seems so against the spirit of this game. Mm-hmm. It, it really does. And I think it's not saying that it shouldn't have a trophy for that. It's not saying that people shouldn't trophy hunt for it. It's just for me, the lure of a trophy is not enough. And I think it's a, it's a real testament to the strength of the story that I physically couldn't pick the well, it's wrong... Like, it's like, Craig, if there was a trophy for stabbing Prompto in the face in Final Fantasy XV, I don't know if I could have went for it. <laughs> nah, there's, there's I was, just some things yeah. that are just not worth it. Um, whereas I can fry a, a, you know, a, a little sister <laughs> any day of the week. I'm fine with that. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. But this, this has such an emotional core where you're like, it's how oh, this is gonna sound friggin' awful, like so bad that I said the word friggin'. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> it, there's there's much more self insertion into this game than I feel a lot of other games get because of what the story the story is so malleable in terms of your own life. So I think that's why for people that choose one it's always no i have to choose this and this is this is just the way it goes so mm-hmm. yeah major major props to super massive giant happy games um <laughs> it's not gonna it's not gonna change is it we're gonna play four yeah. games and you're gonna be like super giant happy you keep on nearly splicing in my psn name as well All that you need is to add is a true cow. that's a good point <laughs> yeah um yes so uh I, 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 let's leave off the endings, right? Like, mm-hmm. like I want to give people incentive to play this because yeah. there's been enough time to where we'll have a whole new generation of people that probably don't listen to the show, but mm. might not have played Bastion before. So yeah, go yeah. go go play Bastion. Make this choice for yourself. Send us a message. See what choice you go. I, that's fine with us. I don't care. Um, but yeah, uh, that's Bastion, and I have. Uh, a couple of things I would like to bring before the board. So Ooh. please put on your your, your judge wig and your gown. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's on. Okay. I've got my gavel. All right. Good, 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 good. Uh, we, we did. We did. Objection. Oh. 
Oh, oh no, hang on, that's not the judge, sorry. Underruled? Yeah. Um, <laughs> we did enact one game into the Hall of Fame for the bit effect. Now, I have thought over past games that I, I believe we have done an injustice to and should also be enacted into the Hall of Fame. Um, I would like to present to you with this plant and this zombie that I do believe belongs mm -hmm. in the Hall of Fame. Mm -hmm. uh, I would also like to present to you, now this is a sticky part, Bastion oh, for yeah. me would belong in this Hall of Fame. Yes. But a lot of people say Bastion and Pyre are the weakest. A they lot are. of people say Transistor, like yourself. Mm -hmm. So do we hold off on enacting Bastion into the Hall of Fame until I've we played Transistor? Well, I think we should hold off. I'm genuinely... Uh, this. I th I've been excited a lot about to talk to you about games this year, but Transistor, to me in this playthrough has even further solidified itself and I'm not going to tell you why I think because okay. you already know most of it yeah I'm not yeah. going to reiterate points previously I thought that of the three games because we haven't played Hades I thought the three games each had a winning point I thought Hades oh god I need fuck, the one I haven't played Hades <laughs> um Pyre visually for me is so striking it's beautiful it's just stunning that's what i've heard um, yeah tra yep transistor had that combat that soaked me into it and it, it was great and bastion had that richness of story and um the visual identity and the music that just got me and my opinion has changed somewhat um hmm. quite quite largely over the past two weeks on what those points were my original I'm sitting on the fence here guys and now have a, a solid answer for it. Is it Castle Crashers? <laughs> that is it. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so from I, 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 I've done research in the past because I, I mm -hmm. like to know about a game even if I've never played it. I know the story of Bastion, obviously. I know the story of Transistor, and I know the story of Pyre. Now, yes. out of those three, just knowing the story, not experiencing the story, mm -hmm. Pyre seems really interesting. Yeah. Bastion is a known quantity that is really good. Transistor is mm -hmm. the one I have the least amount of affection for the story idea. Yeah, like I know I know the big twist that happens in Transistor, and you're like, yeah. oh, the, oh, okay. Is Pyre is freakly interesting in its story because it's just, it's not just an an analogy wrapped in beauty, wrapped in good writing and stuff. It's actually got a bit of. Um, world it's building. got a bit of a drive to it. Yeah, yeah, it's got a bit of world building. It's got a bit of a drive to it. It's really. Have you played? Have you played Pyre? Not played ten seconds it? of it. Nope. Okay. Um, the story is great. Yeah, yeah. Well, like, like again, it's like, oh, that's. Wait, we should save that for Pyre. Let's stop. We really need to save. Pyre. Need to save <laughs> okay. Uh, but do you? How does the court feel about enacting plants versus zombies into the Hall of Fame? Oh yeah, plants versus zombies should be. In the Hall okay. of Fame. Okay, all right. Is someone keeping track of all of these Hall well, of Fame I, I, games? Well, I'll keep track of it. Uh, right now, it's quite simple, too. Um, yeah. In all the games that we've done, uh, both Plants vs. Zombies and Darkest Dungeon are in the Hall of Fame. That is all we have for right okay. now. 
Um, and could we add control? No, we can't add control because that wasn't oh, good. This has to be a unanimous decision. Fuck's sake. <laughs> I don't know why you and my daughter love control so much. I don't get it. I think it's sickness. Except for the fridge. It's, that fridge was really cool. <laughs> that was a cool fridge. fridge. Was very good. I, I think the whole game was... It's my <laughs> background on my PlayStation right now is a big control background. It's just... Mine is and always shall be until the end of this generation, Geralt and Triss. Because, yeah. I mean, yeah, that is the right choice there. <laughs> All right, so uh, this wraps up Bastion. All in all, I I will never play this again. And I I make that a choice, not so much that I'm tired of it. I, I think it felt weird to play Bastion again for me. Not because it was emotionally hard or what none no, of that nonsense. It was just, oh, this seems like no, this is a one, this is done. It it seems like especially if you choose the ending that we chose, mm-hmm. it seems like this should be experienced once. That's once. it. <laughs> Like, if I had my druthers, as they say, I would have it deleted off people's hard drives after they finish it. And be undownloadable. Um, That's a good reference to another Hall of Fame game right there. (laughs) Uh, Yes. uh, I I don't think Hall of Fame, but very, very good. Uh, Yeah, so Mm -hmm. if you haven't played Bastion, play it once. And treasure that playthrough, because I honestly think nobody should play Bastion twice. Mm. Yeah, I I played it a heap of times. It's something I didn't mention apart from in the very intro. Bastion became my yearly alongside Monkey Island and other things. I played on the iPad in bed. Mm. The iPad port is surprisingly good for Bastion. It works really well, um, especially with things like the knives because you just hold your finger down on the. Oh, that's a good point. So uh, yeah, it, it was a it was a kind of yearly thing, and it always I've never made the other de- I've never made the other decision. I don't even I don't want to know what happens it's wrong. to me. It is it's it's just it's the way it is. Like I I do believe that um, somebody from Supermassive Giant Games should show up at your house and slap you. They should have an echolocator or something that lets people know when they chose that choice. But yes, okay, wow. so that is Bastion. Uh, Craig, I, I would imagine you're very much in the go play this if you haven't. Oh, God, yeah, yeah, like, like, yeah. Go go play it if you haven't. It, it well deserves a playthrough. It's not very you long. pick it up reasonably cheap. It's not long. It, oh, how did you get through even... it? How fast? Because I got it in three hours. Oh, it would be a bit. Um, it would be a bit longer. I'm traditionally longer because I go around hoovering things true, up and true. looking at everything. Yeah, I, um, I didn't and care also for I roll sharp. off the stage. I roll off the stage a lot. I am less good than you at something like a big boss. I'll faff about a lot more, <laughs> getting to the bottom of it. But yeah, um, like five ish, I would say. Still, still a a, a good Sunday afternoon. Yeah. Perfect. So, yeah, go go out and buy Bastion. Um, All right, next we have something that's very much thematically along the same lines as Bastion. A lot of interesting questions raised and a lot of good talk, I think, will come out of Castle Crashers in the same way that Bastion has. Um, What? Oh, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Oh, my God, I'm worried I've played the wrong game now. Uh, I played the French version, Castle Crashers. Oh. 
Uh, no, so yes, next we have Castle Crashers <laughs> from the Behemoth. They are always there to poke fun at us for being nerds, for liking stuff like Bastion by saying, no, here's a stupid game. So mm. I'm looking forward to playing that. And we'll leave it at that. Yes. Uh, if you'd like to suggest a game for us to do, you can do it at biteffect.com. We have a little little formy thing that you can fill out and you can send us a message. You can just say hi. You can say, you guys are terrible. You completely misunderstood Bastion. Go ahead. I'd, I'd, I'd love to read it whenever we get mail. Um, other than that, um, I'm hosting a meetup in my area. Uh, I'm not going to tell you what area it is, but if you'd like to show up <laughs> on October 10th, at the place that I'm thinking about having the meetup, I will meet you, and we'll talk about video games. Oh, wait, I'm on Google. People could probably figure it out. <laughs> Please don't show up at my house. <laughs> uh, anyway, so uh, thank you very much for listening, and we will catch you next time. See you next time, boy. And remember, the only good thing to come out of history is the past. Or is it vice versa? I don't remember what he said, but it was a good line. Well, that was you've ruined. You've the only good thing to come out of the past is history. Craig, what is a man? Uh, but, but he's just a, a broken pile of fluff. <laughs> <laughs> and scene.